so funny how like all of a sudden luggage companies are coming out with their pink mm. line because of the Barbie movie. And I'm like, I've been wanting this for decades, folks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My style's finally in fashion. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Hey Homegirl. Hey homegirls, on this week we are in Raleigh, North Carolina, speaking with Heidi Harris of the Home Sweet Heidi team. We are chatting about all things real estate and how going against the grain has helped Heidi build an amazing brand and business that she is obsessed with. From leaning into the power of pink in her marketing to taking a not-so-sweet approach to negotiations, this week's episode is sure to help you understand that why, in the world of real estate, it is better to be anything but normal. Hey, homegirls. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. I'm with the amazing home sweet Heidi from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm not quite sure if you're going to see this, but both of us are wearing our Barbie pink today and we're embracing that. <laughs> I absolutely love Heidi's marketing because she embraces her feminine side, even though she has firecracker masculine side too. But the pink in your marketing is just so much fun. So tell me about that. Oh gosh, this is a good one. So I got my real estate license and I'm, I'm a marketing nerd by nature. So I'm like, what's my name? going to be like, it can't just be Heidi Harris. Like it's got to be a name and I've got to have like a signature color. And I was like, well, obviously it's going to be pink because I remember being eight and going and sitting on Santa's lap. And he's like, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, anything pink, like just anything, like whatever you want. So it's always been my signature color. So I go to my mom who is brutally honest. And I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing pink as my color and naming my team home sweet Heidi, like a play on home sweet home. And she was like, these are terrible ideas. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I was kind of expecting her to be like, oh yeah, this is cool or whatever. But she was like, you can't be home sweet Heidi because you're not sweet. And I'm ah! like, like, I'm not a sweet person. Like I'm a lot of things, but like sweets, probably not the thing. And then she was like, well, if you get into negotiations, they're going to be like, oh, but she's sweet. Like we have to be gentle with her. And I'm like, well, if that's what they're going to assume, like then they're really in for it. That's fine. And she was like, and please don't have pink as a business color because nobody takes it seriously. And as soon as she said that, I was like, it's got to be it because yeah. No, it's fuel for your fire. Yeah. But like nobody does it. And so like, if you see, for example, like you're in a a neighborhood and you see three for sale signs, they're normally going to be like the beautiful Navy or like an emerald green or something. And then you see pink, guess which one's going to stand out. Right. So at that moment I was like, this negative feedback was exactly what I needed. Cause I was like, I'm going to be different. And that's exactly why I got into real estate. Um, I know you didn't ask this question, but I'm going to tell you. Yes. No, Um, shoot, go. I was working in radio and it was a grind. It was, it was a lot. The work was awesome. The company was not that I worked for. And I went home one day and I had a panic attack. I guess that's what it was. I was in my walk-in closet and I'm just crying. And I like hit my knees and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I going through this? Like, this is all too heavy for me to handle because some things that were going on in the company out of my control. And my husband was just like, I'm a very powerful person. And so seeing somebody powerful, like hit their knees crying in the closet is a, is a little alarming. Anyway, so we go to bed that night and he was like, you know, maybe you should switch jobs. And I was like, yeah, like this is a great choice. Yes, I should switch jobs. I was like, I just don't know what I want to do. And I thought about going into politics and he was like, well, why don't you be a real estate agent? And I turned around on that pillow and I was like, you shut up. That's a terrible idea. 
That is so mean. Cause like, to me, like real estate agents were like these pushy people that were like trying to get you to spend more money. And like, I just, I didn't have a great relationship with our realtor that helped us with our first house. She seemed very phony. It was just a bad experience. And so that's where my brain went when I thought about real estate. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, that's probably where a lot of people think Mm -hmm. like a lot of real estate agents are phony. A lot of real estate agents are trying to push price limits. Like if that's what they think I can flip this and I can earn trust easy just by being somebody that people can trust and, you know, have fun along the way. So anyway, so I got into this just to flip the script and then the pink helped me flip the script. And then the home sweet Heidi helped me flip the script. And it was just all like fun yeah, and it felt right. So, and I'm big on being authentic. So it just, to answer your question, that's where the pink came from. (laughs) And that authentic self of yours pops out in everything. I mean, your videos, your marketing, everything that you're doing, like I can just tell even from watching on the side lines that you bring that part of yourself, every transaction, every team meeting, and that's the total package of what you have to have to make it in our industry right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Visible. Yeah. And your dad was in real estate for a little while. Yeah. So I grew up going to closings and bringing like my coloring book or my Legos and sitting underneath the closing table while people were signing and I'd go to showings. And my job when I got into showings was to point out how many sinks there were. And I think that was just like, his way of keeping me very busy so that I wasn't on top of his clients the whole time. So I'd run throughout the house and count how many sinks there were. That was a very important job for me. But he worked for Caldwell Banker and he was part of the statistic. What is it like 93% of real estate agents don't make it in the first five years. So he was always out grinding and working so hard and it just never came together for him financially. Mm-hmm. So he gave up that dream and it was very painful for him. But what was really cool is when I decided to be a real estate agent, and I gave him the, my whole spiel about how I'm going to do things differently and whatever, like you could hear in his voice, like he was very supportive, but also scared because mm-hmm. he had been through it. He knows how hard it is. And he knew that at the time I was married, I didn't have kids yet, like putting flame on a fire of like, oh, and then have a newborn, like being a real estate agent and yeah. then have a newborn, <laughs> like, here you go. I think that he was always very scared for me, which really turned into a very deep level of respect and awe. Maybe if I can say that, that sounds kind yeah. of cocky think that he was like, how are you doing this? So he, there was a lot of respect that he gave me because I saw what it looked like to fail and failing wasn't an option. So I knew I had to show up every day. I knew I wasn't going to do to my family, the financial crisis that happened in our family because of real estate. So it was really a a financial crisis. When you think about it, when you think of how many hours your dad was working and how hard he was grinding to make it happen, it was probably a crisis on so many other levels. Cause I've seen that through other agents, you're giving up so much of your time. So the money's one side of it, but the time is the stuff that you're never going to get back with your kids. Well, yeah. I mean, he missed my birthday parties. Like he was working hard for the family. And then you got to think like, if you're his spouse and he comes home and he didn't make money again one day, like, it's just like, it is, you're right. It's a crisis, not just financially, it's emotionally, it's relationships. Yeah. Our industry is not for the faint of heart. You need to make sure your foundations are so strong because everything is personal and everything is business and it is brutal, but I'm (laughs) So you had all of this going into this, you know, your husband, it was giving you support. Your dad was giving you support. You knew your why and you knew what it looked like to fail, but yet you jumped 
jumped into it and you jumped into it when you like had just moved to a new area or you only knew a couple uh, of people in your area, right? So tell us about this. Well, it wasn't the most thought out smart way to get into real estate, but I find that whenever I'm talking to anybody, they're like, oh, same. Like they, everybody has their yeah. weird, like how I got into real estate story. But yeah, so I was working in radio and I didn't really think about it. Well, before getting into real estate, I was in marketing and I thought, hey, I'm helping people grow their business with radio marketing. So why don't I go ahead and get my real estate license and become a commercial real estate agent? That's what I thought I was going to do. And then one of my friends was like, hey, once you get your license, could you help me sell a house? And I was like, sure. So then I was like, well, I'll just get into residential just to you know do this before I get into commercial real estate. Anyway, so I'm sitting at my desk. I have this one friend that wants me to sell her house sometime, right? There, there's no concretes on anything here. And I'm like, okay, so get out my piece of paper and let's write down everybody that I know. And I knew eight people. <laughs> my sphere of influence was eight people. They're all married to each other. So I knew four couples and I was in my late twenties. Everybody just bought their first house. So my essay, so I wasn't really doing much at the time. I was just thinking, I was like, how do I get in front of people? Like, how do I meet more people? Cause I was new to Raleigh and I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll get on social media. Like I'll just post something and see how it goes. And I remember I posted, there was some tornado somewhere and there was all this wreckage from the tornado. And then there's this little sign and it said, home is where the heart is. So like, there's like all this wreckage and then like this beautiful sign of like, home is where the heart is. And I posted that being like at the end of the day, we can't control what happens outside of our homes, but we can control what happens inside your homes. Like be responsible of your energy. Like, I don't know, something like that. And then I, people started liking it and then people started sharing it. And I was like, okay, maybe this might work. And then I just started like, okay, well twice a week I'll post on Facebook. Cause it's just Facebook back then. And then I started getting more followers and more likes. And then all of a sudden it was, Hey, I saw you sold that house. It's right down the road from me. My neighbor was looking for a real estate agent. Can you talk to her? And I was like, wait, what? Like, is could this, could this be work? I could not believe it. But my first year in real estate, I sold a million dollars off of social media alone, which is, I'll take it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then now we do about 25% of our closed volume off of social media. And when I say off of social media, I don't mean like this friend that I met once that then started following me. I'm talking about strangers, like complete, like people that I would not have known if not for social media. And where it really exploded was when I got onto Instagram. So Facebook has always been like the go-to. And then once Instagram kicked up, I realized the opportunity that there was there for it. And I spend most of my time now on Instagram, but also like LinkedIn has been really magical for us. Because I have this marketing nerdiness in my heart, this is all really easy for me to embrace and I love it. And so it's like a hobby that is also beneficial to my real estate business. Just like people that like they play tennis and it's their tennis friends that do business with them, right? Because mm -hmm. they naturally enjoy doing it. So to me, it's like, if you have something that you naturally enjoy, go all in on that because yeah. that's what where people are going to be attracted to you. And so you're in the business for a couple of years. Your business is really starting to take off and you decided to form a small team by accident again. <laughs> so I, um, this is actually one of my favorite stories. So my first child Sawyer, I already had him. I was pregnant with my second. So I knew what it was like having a newborn and being in real estate. So I knew I wanted to take some time and I knew Stella was going to be my last. So I was just like, I need to take some time to like be with this child instead of being at home inspections. <laughs> so I put out a all office email and I was like, Hey, I'm looking for an assistant just for like three months. Can anybody help me? And this gal Renee uh, responded back and she came in for an interview 
And I was like, look, you know, I'm just hiring somebody for a couple of months, but this is what I do. This is what I want you to help with. You know, this is what I'd pay. And she was like, okay, cool. And I was like, you want to do it? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So I hired her as my assistant that day. And then I was, as I was filling out paperwork, I was like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. So like, give me a lot of grace here. And she was like, that's fine. And I said, you know, if you ever want to open up a team, like we can always like get together and do that. And she was like, okay. And I was like, so you want to do it? And she was like, okay. So we literally started the home sweet Heidi team the day that I hired her and met her as my assistant. She's still on my team today. She's like my right arm. She's awesome. And what's wild about Renee is the first time I saw her, I was like, she looks really familiar and I couldn't figure out why. And it turns out in college, I was interning at a TV station and in Durham, North Carolina, which is like 15 minutes from me right here. And I just needed a place to crash while I was interning. So I sublet some apartment and Renee's husband was one of my roommates that I sublet the apartment. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode. We're not quite finished yet. But as the home girl of your hometown, I would love to pass the mic to you so that you can share your story and some of your secrets with the homegirl community. To apply, please go to howtobeahomegirl.com in the show notes. So like on social media, like I saw him like falling in love with her and them getting married and like how great Renee is. And then all of a sudden she's in my office, I'm interviewing her and it was like, oh my gosh. So it's just like a, a funny, wild story. And I like to tell people that I used to live with Renee's husband because it sounds like <laughs> But yeah, she's, she's awesome. She's a blessing in my life. She and I started the team together and that was a lot of fun. And then we have Mike on the team. Mike was on a really successful team in Charlotte, North Carolina, his marriage dismantled and he needed a new start. So he moved to Raleigh and joined my office and I took him out to lunch and I was just trying to get to know him and like what worked on your old team. Like I was really trying to like autopsy of like what works, what doesn't work. Like I want to, I want to learn from you. And then at the end of the lunch, he was like, if you'd ever considering adding a guy to the team, like I'd totally be down. And I was like, what? So now Mike's on the team. You know, and any guy is special if he's willing to join a team that's called Home Sweet Heidi. That, and it's all this pink. Thing, this yeah. thing. I mean, he well, is a keeper. He's, he's amazing. And for his business cards, I was like, I'll do everything gray because our, our colors are pink, white, and gray. I was like, I'll do everything gray. And he was like, all right, cool. And then I showed him the business card. And he was like, nah, I want it pink. I'm like, yes. Mike's on the team and he's fantastic. And then we have a transaction coordinator. She helps with the rest of the team, but she really does like all the, the micro stuff for me. I do the macro stuff. She does the micro stuff. So that's been a lot of fun growing all that. So for our listeners that are curious about teams, because it's such like a sexy term in real estate and everybody wants one. Where did you find it difficult to give up control or where did you like, how did you start that? And where, where were you like, okay, I'm going to, I don't need to wear all the hats. I was crumbs by the time that I came home. Like my husband was getting crumbs of me because you know, in real estate, you're just giving and giving and giving and giving. And look, we're getting too, right. But like, it is, it is a way that you can easily deplete yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I got really great advice from this guy named Vince Lisi, who is a broker um, at Berkshire Hathaway. And it was all about figuring out your price per hour. So he was like, okay, and I, I don't know the math off the top of my head. I can find it for you. But he was like, okay, there's 40 hours in a week. 40 times 52 is, you know, 2000 something hours. So you take that and then you divide it by how much money you made last year. That's how you're going to find out your price per hour. And I was like, okay. So I did that. And then he was like, everything that you do, is it worth that price per hour. The things that are not, you hire them out so that then you can get more business by truly giving your authentic self into the things you're really good at, having somebody else do the other things. And then your business will grow, which will then make your price per hour larger, including that you're paying for somebody else. And I was like, why has nobody ever said this before? (laughs) 
why is this such a secret? I don't understand. So the moment that I did that, I was like, I need a transaction coordinator. I can't be on, you know, a field trip with my kids and putting out fires all the time. Like that's not fair to anybody. And I'm not, I'm not giving my best self because I'm distracted. Right. And off it's, you know, not great for my kids to see me working 24 seven. So that was the thing that changed everything. And you know what? My transaction coordinator's a dear friend of mine. I mean, we work hard, we get along really well. And she is, my support staff. So if I ever need support, she's like, like, I'm going to the beach this week. And she's like, do you need me to check on your cat? <laughs> you know, it's just like, we're like, we've got each other. Right. But yeah, that price per hour is really the thing that made it all work. And then what else I did is I realized how much money I'm making off the team. Okay. So I figure that out. And then that's how much money I have to budget for marketing because mm-hmm. I know what marketing works. So everything that I do for the team, they don't feel like I'm the fat cat. That's like, you know, Heidi's just making all this money off of us. Cause they see that I put that money to work you're, and, yeah, and you're reinvesting that. it in their futures. Yep. So then all of us are growing together. And it also brings like this amazing layer of trust. It's yeah. like, I know that Heidi's going to use this for the right way. Right. So I think that that's really helped us all become so close. But if you're like, Heidi, I want to hear about teams because you must be making, you know, millions of dollars a year off your team. No, I wish, but also I'm reinvesting it wisely. So I feel that we can all grow together and I I know that we can all grow together. And right now, you know, if the perfect team member came by, would I hire them? Maybe, but like, I'm so happy with the team, the little team that I have right now. I don't want to poison that. So I'm very protective over it. And I think our viewers have to understand that, like we talked about previously, yeah, having a big fat bank account is really, really nice. But getting that time back, that time with your family and that time, you know, for yourself is way better than how much money you're going to make off of that team. Yeah. And you're leveraging it for those reasons. I think it helps make the team more successful. I agree. And especially since, as I told you before we started recording, since my dad passed away last year, he was always very busy working. And I feel like I'd spend a lot of time with him, but he was like, always like on his phone. Yes. I don't like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the mom that my kids know on the other side of the phone. I want to be intentional. So then I started something that I call the threshold rule. And the threshold rule is when I walk through a threshold, I am 100% present with that person. So for example, right now, there's nothing else going on in my home because I am 100% focused on you. When I walk in my door, I'm 100% focused on my family. When I walk into the door of a client, that is my focus. So I just make sure. And like, if I've got something going crazy on my phone, I figure it out before I walk through that threshold because giving somebody your undivided attention is respectful, but it's also a gift. Like we're all so, we're all so strung out on like all these different distractions. And since doing that, it's given me a whole, like a brand new level of clarity. That's very peaceful because peace is the hardest thing and you can't buy it. Right. And I'm trying to chase peace and joy right now. And uh, it's been a very peaceful position for me. Oh, that's awesome. And I would think if you're going into a listing appointment and and you have competition from a couple of other realtors and you're walking in and you're showing up and you're crossing that threshold and giving them 100% of you versus you walking in the door, talking on the phone. Oh, Hey, I'll be there in a minute. Give me a second to finish this call or your text message is going off every five seconds. Are you checking your emails in the middle of those appointments? Nobody wants to deal with a crazy realtor. They want the successful realtors but not if it comes at the expense of you not being present with them. Absolutely. Everybody, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to feel special. That's it. Like there's no trick. Like everybody just wants to feel special. And if I can go in and meet with somebody and they feel special and they feel that I'm going to really look out for them, I'll get hired. Yeah. It's the ones that are in there that are. Yeah. We won't go there today, girls. We will not go there today. Next. <laughs> 
So as we wrap up this afternoon, one question that I always ask all of our listeners is what is one piece of advice that you would give to kind of empower the other females on this call or podcast or the ones that are like just getting started in our business? I would say, don't be afraid to go against the grain. I think that being taught as a young lady, it's like smile, be cute, be respectful. Like we're told, we're taught to like go along with everything else. And I think it'll norm. Yeah. And it's like, if you are brave enough to go against the grain because you believe in something, people are going to follow you. And people right now are really looking for authenticity. And I mean, just, I'm not getting into it, but like politically, like, don't you think that if somebody just came out of nowhere and was like, Hey, this is what I want to do. This is who I am, blah, blah, blah. I think that they win the presidency, right? A hundred percent. You just need that realness. And so if you have something that you are convicted about and you know, just like me in the pink, right? My mom said it was a terrible idea. You know what? I know it's not. And so just don't be afraid to go against the grain. You will have people that support you. I love that advice. And I think that's such what our listeners need to hear right now, because we're taught in this industry that we need to show up a certain way. We need to know everything right off of the bat and we need to have success right away. And the reality is, is you do not find those things. You only find success if you lean into the fact that you don't know everything. Well, and I'm really thankful that you do this because it's such an opportunity for women. You know, when I think about real estate, most of the real estate agents are women, but when you look at real estate, the big wigs are men, right? Mm-hmm. So like look at all the podcasts that are going on or whatever. It's it's these men that are talking, but I feel like it's the women that are actually doing the business. Yeah. So I appreciate you having a seat at the table for our voice because we are so powerful. And I don't I, I can't really figure out why that happens, but I think that what you're doing is a gift to other women. So I want to thank you about for it. It's oh, really this was such a great time. I'm so happy that I met another amazing female that has super masculine energy but rocks <laughs> all day long. I'm bummed that you're not going to come to the summit, but good luck at the uh, convention that you get to speak at. And thank you. thank you for going about your business and empowering other people to feed into who they really are. That's awesome. Happy to. Thank you. Right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. 